That's what they say. Hard work, work. Hard work. I earn my pay. Hard work, work. Hard work. Do it every day. All right. Well, welcome to another Work Ethic Podcast. And I'm here today with a new friend, Brian Cardwell. Uh, Brian is actually um, owner and operator of two uh, paddy wagon uh, Irish pubs yep. here in Tampa. Um, one of those is very close to University Mall, where we have Wobble Bikes and a buddy Nick, who um, is works with us. He's a young filmmaker doing a bunch of projects. Has a friend they, that goes to that bar, I guess, a good amount. They mm -hmm. had a meeting there, got uh, kind of rapping with Brian about a little project idea. Called me, said, "Hey, love you to come meet these guys." So Brian and I connected there. Uh, I immediately knew, man, I, I love his brother. Want an excuse to hang out? So let's let's set aside at least some podcast time to kind of get an excuse to hang. And uh, and so here we are, get to do that. I'm I'm still getting to know Brian, but he did come out and join us uh, last Friday at our free market. Kind of helped out with the kinship and the work in the neighborhood there. Uh, appreciate you doing that with us, man. And uh, I'm excited you you set aside some time or were able to do this with me today. So I'll I'll shut up. I want to kind of toss you the ball here in the beginning and go. Why don't you kind of beyond what I just said is like the context for how we got to meet, but introduce yourself to everyone however you'd like, and we'll just kind of roll from there. Okay. <clears throat> Um, well, as stated, uh, Brian Cardwell, uh, from Michigan, born and raised in Detroit, um, you know, all my life, uh, wanted, uh, always move to Florida, uh, cause of the weather. You did. The, the cold just gets to you. After that is a, while, a brutal spot man. up there. It is. You it's, have no interest in those winters are long, <laughs> they're long and they're hard. So, um, at that point, you know, when opportunity came for me to, uh, to invest or you know become a partner in mm -hmm. a couple of these i i took it it yeah. was either take it or continue to do what i was how doing. long you been down here now um a little over a year and a half so about maybe 17 months mm -hmm. 17 months so two stories in 17 months so far so not bad so some I, there's a lot i want to kind of navigate here and i'll let you kind of so one i'll just say out the gate I, I am interested in like the series of events that led to kind of you being in the position, like how did this come to be and the project you're doing now with, uh, with these pubs. But then also I want to go way back in time, kind of like, mm -hmm. you know, I have, so I'll usually ask people like, what's your earliest memory of work uh, as the word itself took on meaning in your life? So this is a okay. theme to the show, right? Is like your relationship with work. Uh, we can start with the recent history or go far back, whichever you think might be the, the better way to tackle your story. What do let's you think? go back first because okay, I, I will remember back. more now. Back so what's today. your <laughs> earliest memory then of, um, of work? As the word took on meaning in your life, what did it mean? What was the context? I had a uh, – there was a neighborhood bar back home, so it was literally um, around the corner from the house. Me and two of my friends that I grew up with, uh, I remember the bar was called Manny's Bar, neighborhood bar. I knew nothing about bars, um, but you know, one day we walked in and was like, "Hey, is there anything we can do to make money?" How old are you? Uh, Fifty-one. No, how? Okay, so in oh, the how old am I? Oh, <laughs> fifty-one um, today. Man, and in the I think story... we were maybe eleven. Okay, maybe eleven. We were just looking to make right, some money, all right, man. All right. Um, and just kind of growing up where I grew up. So you, you know? walk into Manny's, yo, Manny, is there anything we can do to yeah. like make a couple bucks here? Yeah, and obviously he knew he couldn't have these kids working in this bar. Ah. But what he did do, he had us uh, 
running errands. Like he'll have us go to the store and get like pineapple juice, grapefruit juice, yeah. cranberry juice, and pop and stuff like that. You know, pop, we, we, pop. Yeah. my man's from yeah. the north. <laughs> I get that all yeah, the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, all right. <laughs> um, so we would go up there a couple times a week, and we get uh, you know, we'd go to the store. The store was right. My parents, all of our parents, were okay with it because back then it was different. Neighborhoods yeah. were different. Yeah, we could run. They weren't. They weren't any. They might not have been any better because I mean that was towards that was the eighties. So that was the crack yeah. epidemic. So yeah. things were bad. I mean, I, I grew up in the hood, but. It was different. Everybody looked out and watched out for each other. You're born like 72, 71, 70. 70. Oh, you're right at 70. Okay. Yep, okay. Right at 70. So, um, so your birthday is coming up still. October. Okay. 4th. Yeah. I was yeah. going to say, all right. October 4th. Yep. Um, so, you know, we'd go there a couple times a week and he'd send us to the store. We'd get the stuff. But the, I mean, the store was literally across the yeah. street. He could have did it himself, but he was being nice and helping out a few neighborhood kids. So we'd go get the stuff, bring it back. You know, he grabbed, bring out this, my first experience with like just seeing a lot of money. You know, he, he was a bar owner. He just pulled out yeah, a wad. paid in cash, right? Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, you know, he'll pull off a 10 for all of us. <clears throat> Excuse me. And um, that's, that was my first, you know, thing. Uh, as far as work goes, yeah. tried to paper out. Like a legit paper like route? Like a legit like, yeah, paper yeah, yeah, route yeah, yeah. Okay. with a wagon. Yeah. Because back oh, then, okay. yeah. Detroit News would give you a wagon mm. and they'd give you all these papers and you pull that and deliver papers or whatever. And we did that for a few That's weeks. Awesome. And then I think we just end up stop quitting because it was a lot easier to just go to this, walk to this grocery store and pick up juice for the bar owner. Um, then I got in some, uh, after that, you know, we get summer jobs. Yeah. They had summer jobs that you could work while you were out of school. And, you know, you, you were doing stuff like painting fences and cleaning up schoolyards and stuff like that, you know. What about con- what about folks? What about like family folks you were with? You know, people that you came up with, like um, as far as yeah. So like a lot of times, you know, so like I ask you like early memory of work, and I'm gonna I'm gonna come back to that mm-hmm. because it's very common that when I ask someone that they're gonna tell me about earliest ways they made money, money right. jobs, right? So mm-hmm. we we equate that a little bit, and yep, I'm gonna yep. push back on that, obviously, a okay. little. But also, that makes sense because of the way we come up and how we understand work. And a lot of how we understand work is dad, mom, go to work mm-hmm. or do something for work, which makes money. Like, we equate those things. Right, right. What do you do to make money, and what do you work at maybe overlap tremendously? Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, what, what, were, what were folks in the family doing? I'm not, you know, assuming what the household looked like, but, like, who was there, and mm-hmm. then like what what did what did folks do? So we had you know my mom and dad. Um, my mom was a bus driver for the like school for, for the, the school county district. school. Yep. yep. So I lived in Detroit up until the seventh up until the eighth grade. Yep. Um, they were just like you know these Detroit schools aren't kind of aren't kind of doing it. You know they're just they're they're getting worse and worse. So they shipped all of us out to uh, Ferndale, which was literally, I mean, you, you hear, the saw the movie Eight Mile with Eminem. Yeah. Eight Mile is basically the dividing line between the suburbs and the hood Yep, in, in Detroit. So my grandmother lived in Ferndale. So we just used her address and we went to Ferndale. Is, so is Fergo the suburb? Ferndale. Ferndale? Ferndale. Ferndale. Sorry. Yeah, sorry, yeah. Sorry, Ferndale. Ferndale. Okay. Yeah. That's Ferndale. the suburb? Yep. That's okay. The okay. Suburb. Okay. Yeah. So we um we get up in the morning, we catch yeah. the bus out, you know, early six AM, catch the bus to school, 
Um, none of my other siblings that I went to school with at that time played any sports. I did. So I was always catching the bus there, and then I'd have to go to practice and then catch the bus back. What were you playing? Uh, I wrestled, played football, wrestled and also. ran track. Did you have a favorite of those? Football. 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 T- team sport. Yeah, football first, track second. Yeah. Um, I was the opposite, although I actually think I wasn't into a lot of sports. Okay, uh, okay. But I realized in hindsight, oh, you know what? I did like individual sports. Mm-hmm. Uh, to, and honestly, this is probably, you know, it's like team sports is really good for you developmentally. Like playing on a team, I like, I, I regret not. But I actually think when I was, I wasn't that good at things mm-hmm. like basketball, football, like even in the neighborhood when I was young, was always like, Maybe not the big kid or the kid that you wanted on your team. And right. so it was like, I felt like I was like letting the team down and off. Mm-hmm. And then I had like a, but I was like, put me one-on-one with a dude to like fight. I was like, let's go or surf or skateboard or right, yeah. lots of those things. I was right. like, I, and I was like, oh, I did like things that weren't where everyone would be mad at me for messing something up. Like <laughs> right, I just yeah. break my own leg Absolutely. or something. Yeah. All um, right, go on. Sorry. Sorry. No, I was no, you curious what you were doing. Um, so you so, were there later in the day kind of staying for practice yep. and whatever. Um, we had, you know, my dad worked. Mm-hmm. Both my mom worked. My mom. So mom was a bus driver. Dad what was, was dad doing? the head custodian of my high school. So they're both in the in the school <sighs> system. Yeah. So was, they're at your school. Yes, my you mom. You rode to would, school, mom, and she would request <laughs> all my different sports. Like, ah, oh, I, I just I got your track meet, so I'll be driving you guys to track meets to your football games or whatever. And meanwhile, How you know, awesome all my other that? friends are screwing off in the back. You and, can't. And I'm just like. Almost smart. Got to chill, you know, kind of thing. <laughs> and if I ever did anything in school, one of them will find out. Yeah. Immediately. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. But you know, so I grew up with six brothers, six sisters, and a brother. So eight of us. Okay. Um, both parents worked. Um, you know, so as the sisters got older, they would work. They would go to work. And Where two. were you in the order of those siblings? So there's eight of you. Second. Second youngest. Second youngest. Yeah, I got one sister. Uh, that's one a year. sister was younger. Okay. Yep. Mm-hmm. Brother was big brother then. Like brother was uh, a year older. You're, okay. Yep. And then sisters older. are all older. and yeah, the rest yeah, of yeah. them. Yeah, which is where I got beat up most of the time. But the so, sisters, yeah. I love it. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> um. So funny thing is though, my brother, uh, um, is gay. Okay. So he didn't come out till oh man, I don't know. Maybe he was thirty or something. Yeah. So for me, I'm thinking, man, I may have to go to therapy. I got beat up by a gay dude for years and didn't know it. <laughs> I know some tough gay dudes, man. That ain't nothing. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, so uh, I always tell the, people that's a joke. Yeah, but you get uh, beat up by the girls, too. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I'm, I'm still thinking about therapy. I'm, I might still. I might <laughs> it's still a good go. idea for all yeah. of us, honestly. Um, but so always mom and dad always worked. Um, just work, 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 work. Um, mm-hmm. I thought, like, this is what you do. Yeah. You you grow up, you get a job, you get married, you have kids, and you work. That was the script. And the man works, works, works. That's all that he works. He takes care of the family, yada, yada, yep. yada. Um, that can come back and bite you mm. when you're trying to have, like, relationships yeah. because all you do is work. Yeah. I was a workaholic for – I got married. Um, All I did was work. Yeah. All I did was work. I worked a lot. Um, Ended up getting divorced. How I dealt with that divorce? Work. I work. I got, I got, <laughs> okay. I got, shit I got three <laughs> jobs. I got three jobs. My nephews would come out in the summertime and they would watch my daughter for me while I worked. And um, all I did was work. That's all I knew how to do. I Instead of dealing with the divorce and all the stuff with that, I worked. 
literally yeah. to the point where I get home one time taking a break between jobs. Call my mom, I'm like, yeah, the room's just spinning. I'm just kind of dizzy. I'm going to take a nap. I woke up. I was still dizzy. Ended up going to the doctor hospital. And he's like, first thing he said was, how much do you work? I was pretty much exhausted. And mm-hmm. he's like, you got to take a break. So I thought that would help. But, you know, I took a break, but then went back to working. Worked all my life. Can we can we talk about that for a minute? So yeah. that's very interesting to me. Um, so I talk, you know, I talk to people about work and the relationship with sure work, right? None of my family knows that, actually. <laughs> well, here we go, man. It's, it's confession time. So, so, so one of the things that I'm curious about is, all right, so, be, okay, let, let me back up a little bit to the, when I ask you what you do for work and you tell me how you make money, right? Mm-hmm, and so right. our, our society, um, this is a bit of like the thesis of this show, right? Is right. like, why did I want to start having conversations around work? Well, partly because, you know, I work with folks on the streets. Mm-hmm. I walk with folks on the streets and a lot of them don't have gainful employment. They don't have, right. but they need, and I'll have these conversations with like, you need to work. Now, well, no one's hiring. What does that have to do with working? Like, go clean up the street, clean up the yard, work for that neighbor. Mm-hmm. Do like, But you need to build. You need to pick up something heavy. You need to do something hard because you were made to carry weight, to do responsibility. Right. You're, you're, like, it's good for you. Like, you need this bread. Like, you need this food. You need to work. Mm-hmm. So I think there's a big value on that. Then I look forward uh, in in like trying to predict, you know, I'm always like I kind of like am oriented toward the future a lot. Mm-hmm. So my mind is looking around the corner, what's coming, what is tech doing, and I go, man, these drivers are done, uh, these cashiers are done, these, you know, the discovery in court reporters is done. Like, there's so many things right. that are going to be just replaced by mm-hmm. automation. It's going to do. It already does it better than you. Just give us another minute, and and there's humans need not apply right. for this, that, and the other, right? And I went, okay, well, I have seen how deadly it is for unemployed people not to have meaningful work to do. And it's partly why we set up like our, our bike shop to do like an earn a bike. Like, okay, you don't have a job, but you need transportation, work for it. Right. Like, here's something we could do. Mm-hmm. So let's work in the garden and grow food. Let's do this, that, and the other. So I have a very positive orientation around work. And I am trying to maybe divorce the relationship from the economics a little bit, partly because I think economic like if you make money doing it great if you don't make money doing it but mm-hmm. like athletes work on their craft artists work mm-hmm. comedians work musicians work like artists it's way more clear in that way right and at some level i go actually staying in amateur is probably because that word i'm fascinated with the idea that amateur actually comes from like a, a more or the french version of that which is like love to do it for the love of it mm-hmm. rather than professional to do it for pay mm-hmm. it isn't like oh i'm professional i'm good it's like and I, and I have this conviction that like you should always be an amateur even if you're paid for it, right? Okay, right. so there's a little bit of like background nuance around this. Now, when you say, because I realize, you know, then people talk about like work-life balance mm-hmm. or when you look at like the history of work, I mean, God, Detroit, right? You have these, the, the automobile uh, factories, right? right? So early on, I mean, we had these assembly lines. People are turning into machines. They're working around the clock. So they unionize and they go, look, man, we need eight-hour work days, we need weekends and we, and we got good laws passed to give these, like, you know, we said, well, you have eight hours of work, eight hours of leisure, eight hours of rest is kind of the way they broke the day up or whatever. Okay. That's all very good. You get into like work-life balance, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. I always get a little bothered by work-life balance stuff because I think, well, if I'm doing what I love, like say I'm painting a painting and I'm in flow state and I'm just in this thing and I'm doing that. Right. If that's something I do. 
and you tell me I need to stop because my time's up, like, you're going to have to wrestle this brush out of my hand because, like, who are you to tell me to stop working? Right. Right? Okay? Right. You understand what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Yeah. But now we get to, like, what you just said, and that's why I was trying to come back around to that. Mm -hmm. So hopefully I was sorry for the rant, but, like, to set the context of this question, there is a way that, like, an addict uses alcohol or uses crack, like you mentioned earlier, mm -hmm. or whatever, we can often use work to... I think one way people use work is they don't feel like they're worth anything. They're not valuable people. Like they're not valuable as an individual. Mm -hmm. And so they produce, produce, produce and hope that someone sees or notices or values them because of all that they do for them. Right. Mm -hmm. So you can work out of a very unhealthy, insecure place rather than it overflowing out of some confident sense right. of identity. Right. But then what you're, and then what you're doing is like, well, instead of co instead of, instead of facing these hard things in my life, instead of being present at home or instead of, you know, this, that, and the other is like, I realized I worked and, and that's an interesting thing. When I think about compulsion, I actually think a lot of people use working out that way. Mm -hmm. There's a lot more socially acceptable addictions, right? Right. Like, yeah. Oh, well you're not, you're not snorting cocaine. You're not shooting heroin. So mm -hmm. like, so the man likes to work. Right. And I actually, and this is, so if you get at the question I'm implying, there's part of me that thinks if the man likes to work and is passionate about his craft, let him go. Mm-hmm. And then pushing back, you're going, yeah, but sometimes we do that in a way that's highly dysfunctional. And I recognize that I took three jobs on as a way to like not deal with some of the coping mechanisms as a coping yeah. mechanism, as a compulsion or something like mm -hmm. that. Respond to that kind of framing a little bit and talk, talk me through like what, what is, you know, yeah, just, just like what wisdom in reflecting on that, like what wisdom is there to mine and kind of like orienting yourself to a health, like now you're working, mm -hmm. what, how do you reorient yourself to a healthy relationship to work? And how do you understand that now? Um, you know, just being older and going through all those different, you know, things and issues that you go through at work. And, um, a couple of things I love to do, love to work with kids. Mm. I got coached for years back home. Didn't just didn't didn't ask to be paid. I, I volunteered most of the time because that's I just love coaching doing sports. It. Yeah, I just love doing it. You're so doing I'm that looking. now too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just got a gig over at uh, Sickles High School. That's right. So waiting to get all my paperwork and everything done, and then I'll be ready love to it. yell at some kids and <laughs> teach some less good lessons. Football. Football. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We're gonna take some people's souls this year. <laughs> um. So um, is that a Goggins reference? Um, that is a Brian Dawkins reference okay, from okay. the Philadelphia Eagles. <laughs> is it? He, taking souls? He told Tequil Spikes, the linebacker, one day, he goes, I'm going to take this guy's soul. See, <laughs> I'm going to see how much he wants to really play. I love it. I love <laughs> I'm it. Like, I'm out here taking souls. That, yeah, it's good. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that whole working thing, you go, you do, you're doing this, you're doing it because I did it because of that. Um, because of, you know, I want, didn't want to deal with the things I had to do. Knowing full well, eventually I'm going to have to deal with and that was at one it, point was or another. was it the doctor's office that was like the wake-up call for that? No. <laughs> no, not even close. Back to work, yeah, son. <laughs> no, exactly. I, I took a couple of days off and went back to work. You know, went back to work. And, um, it wasn't until <laughs> I think I was in um, like a serious relationship. And they told you, where, look, son. Uh, yeah, well, they, we, yeah, basically where you're like, because in my head. My wife has had a similar effect you on me. Think this like, you think you were going to be home on yeah, Saturday. <laughs> right. But growing up, men, we were taught you had to work. This is what you do. This is what you do. Nobody said, oh, well, they're going to have an issue if you work all the time, you know, kind of thing. Yeah. So that's when it started 
going like, okay, okay, okay. I need to get some kind of balance here. Mm-hmm. But work is is different from doing something you love. See, this is what I'm trying to get at. I'm out. <laughs> yeah. Tell me, tell me more. So tell me more. What I'm doing now is amazing. Like what I'm doing now, I, I love, I love having these bars. You know, I want to open up four or five more. Um, but what it does, it gives me, and allows me to 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 put my time in things like what we're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, it gives me back where I can coach. Um, gives me that time back where I can coach. I can go and work a couple nights a week. But I get to meet people constantly, and 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 every every day there's somebody new, there's somebody new, you know. And I'm basically the kind of person that just kind of wants to be like, oh, you know, I just met this person, or I know the more I'm out in front of the public, the more I'm presented with opportunities. That's right. That I can help somebody. So if I'm not there, I'm not. I don't feel like I'm doing anything, mm-hmm. but. I can't tell you in the last year and a half how many people I've met just at USF, the the USF uh, bar. Yep. The people come in from Moffitt Cancer Center. People come in. You from got it all right there. Yeah. The Shriners and all this stuff. The people over there, they come in and, you know, they just want to get a drink. They're not looking for somebody to whatever, but they come in and the next thing you know, they're telling me their whole story. And then before they leave, man, it was so great that you were here, man. I didn't even know. I just felt like I could talk to you. Kind well, of. Well, you are. You, know? you do have a gift there. Like as soon as I met you, I knew like there's something kindred, mm-hmm. like about you, right? You just so you tending bar is uh, it's you know they're, not all bartenders are created equal, both in right. like their ability, but also in exactly what you're saying, like the mm-hmm. the interpersonal. You're right. you're clearly good at that. You got a, yeah. a skill set, and yeah. the fact that that's fulfilling for you is oh god, like like nothing. Like nothing else. My sister calls me. My sister's a pastor back back home. And she I talk to her all. She's my, my second oldest. But we're like this. I mean, we talk all the time. What kind of what kind of church? Um, non denominational. Okay. That's okay. That's how we grew up, man. Yep. Um, and you know, whenever I need some um guidance or whatever, or just need yeah. to talk to somebody, yeah. I'll just call her up and we'll talk and she'd be like, Oh my god, you won't believe this is exactly what I was thinking about right now. She goes, whatever you just said, just confirm what I needed to hear. But she calls me the bar angel. The bar angel. Because, you know, people, I tell her about the stories about all the people that come in and, um, you know, just sometimes they just might need an ear. Honestly, though, and by the way, like I know a lot of people in trying to be in ministry. And you know what idea never comes up that really should? Go be a bartender. You want to be in meaningful relationship and dialogue with your neighbors? Mm -hmm. Tend the bar. And my sister, she always says she's, you know, and I, I, I knew this, but everybody that's already in church, that's in a congregation on Sundays, they're getting what they need. You know, they, they're getting that, that, that recycled word that they need, but it's the people in the streets that, <laughs> that need it. You know, it's really funny. You know, it's really funny. You're talking about the I people. better stop because every time I start talking to my sister about it, she goes, see? Told you, God said you're gonna be a minister. I go, Ooh, hold on a minute, <laughs> just don't call it that. I'm yeah. out here doing my thing. Just, just, just don't. We ain't gotta label it. We ain't gotta label it. But like, no. So it reminded me talking about the bar and the church. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
so the the Simpsons, you ever watch the Simpsons? Like back in the day, there's this episode, I forget what happens, but it's basically like the end of the world, right? Like okay. something's going to happen. Oh my God, it's the end of the world. And so there's this shot of the street and you have the church and the bar next to each other. And everyone runs out of the bar and into the church at the same time that everyone runs out of the church and into the bar. bar. <laughs> That's so good. That's so good. Uh, but you're right. There is there is a, a need being met uh, in maybe those communities, or at least at least being addressed in some yeah, way, whether absolutely. met or not. And yeah. uh, and and yet you've got your your folks that are there. There's another. I mean, I have, we actually have some church folk friends that go, yeah, we do. I mean, I've known Christians and Jewish folks like that do at least like, let's say Bible study or tourist, like Torah on tap. These like, we're going mm-hmm. and meeting in the pub mm-hmm. to meet with folks and let folks, cause just cause like, we don't want to be in some stuffy church building. We're trying to like gather with our neighbors and build some community out yeah, here and like absolutely. have a couple drinks. Like Absolutely. Things that what's the message doesn't change, but the venue does. And sometimes that venue like you got to think like how you set the table really matters. Mm-hmm. And sometimes like, I, you know, we can sit with fluorescent lights and plastic tables, or we could light some candles and put a tablecloth. And like that different setting actually creates opportunity for, so people walk into church buildings, maybe they grew up in them. Maybe they didn't have great experiences in them. Maybe they feel like they right. got to act some kind of mm-hmm. way in them, but in the bar, I'm used to, I can let it hang out. I can mm-hmm. say what you said and whatever. And it's actually like, man, the table is set correctly here right. for a kind of intimacy that might not be, found in these other places mm-hmm. and uh yeah absolutely um but that's just for me dude that's just it's not work for me what i do now it's not work now talk to me about that so you go i worked a lot to avoid these things and now what i'm doing isn't work so that reminds me of that the, i don't know who said this initially but like you know that whole it's kind of a cliche at this point like if you do what you love you'll never work a day in your life kind of thing like that um I'm curious about that. Cause that, that implies a meaning of work. Like, what do you mm-hmm. mean by work then um, to say, well, it's not work because it's fun. The implication is work is something you don't like that isn't fun. Like that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So what do you, what are you saying about work then? Or what do you uh, mean by work? I think work is something you, you, you have to do to, you don't necessarily enjoy, mm-hmm. uh, but you have to do it because you got to pay your bills. You got to do this. You got to do that. You gotta. Uh, it's I think just people in general. Well, most of us at least have to work to make us feel like we're worth something, mm. especially men. Now, okay, you're. Let's say you're running the Sickles football crew, and mm-hmm. you got them running bleachers. That's work. That's work. Mm-hmm. But maybe it's something they don't necessarily enjoy. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it isn't about money. But right. it is about future success. Mm-hmm. So. So is is it would you say sacrifice like work is sacrifice like um yeah I would, i'm I giving would up something now doing something hard today mm-hmm. for something better tomorrow right and the yeah. bar doesn't feel that way because you don't feel like you're giving something up that's what no i'm actually feel like i'm i'm i actually feel like i belong i'm supposed to be i there. love that see so that's good. when it that's yeah, when it changes yeah, yeah that's at the point when i think work changes when you feel like Oh, I'm needed and I'm supposed to be here. It all takes on a new spin when that happens. Yeah. It does. Like you don't think about you don't think about it at that point. Like I'm I'm at hell, I've been to both bars every day for the last year and a half. Well yep. the last five months as with with the other one. 
You know, I've been in the Citrus Park one twice today. <laughs> now, okay, so I want to talk about, we went early childhood, and then the, now here you are, you've been here a year and a half. So I want to go to, like, what led to this transition. But before we do, because you're referencing the Citrus Park bar, mm-hmm. bar and I kind of named them, but, like, for folks listening, I think this is a good place to, like, tell everyone about the bar. Tell them, tell, tell them about what you're doing, about the bars, where they can visit you, where they can come see, you know, meet you oh, at okay. the bar. Yeah, yeah, like, advertise it a little bit. Um... So, I don't know, advertising for the, it's just Okay, kinda, tell me about the bars. Yeah, like, yeah, what the hell yeah. are we even talking so, about? Name the Paddy thing. Wagon Irish Pubs. There's there's a few of them around Tampa area, you know, Bradington or whatever. I, me and a couple of my partners, we have one over by uh, University of South Florida uh, for Fowler. So, it's Paddy Wagon USF. And then now we just got into a one over in Citrus Park, right over by the mall, right next to the Steak and Shake. Citrus Park Mall right there by yep. Sheldon and Gunn. Yep, Is it's that right? literally right on the corner right next to the Steak and Shake. Yeah, I, I kind of came up out there back before all that existed. Right, like yeah, you told me. It was, yeah. Day, yeah. Um, and, man, we're just, uh, we don't serve food. Um, we're uh, an Irish sports bar, you can yeah, call yeah. it. Um, the goal is to just, you know, get people in and have a good time. Yeah. If we're not having a good time, then we're not doing it right. And if you talk to some of the regular people there, we always have a good time, you know, whether it's just laughing and joking or, you know, just yeah. chilling out and hanging and just it's a nice chill vibe. I think it's taken on my personality. So it's they're pretty chill, um, you know, football the, on Sunday. Very cool space, man. Yeah, uh, I was um, really digging You know, it. I usually pull out the grill on Sundays and barbecue some dogs and burgers. We'll do potlucks where people bring food in, all the customers, the regulars and, you know, just share everything. And uh, it's nice because, you know, I moved down here by myself. So I didn't really know. I knew no one when I moved down here. Literally Building zero. A community out of them. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm in this community. Um, you know, I got to start doing something around here because yeah. I, mean, I got a yeah. business in here. So I, I want to make sure I support because I did the same thing back home. Yep. You know, I used to do these uh, these pub crawls that were awesome during the, during the uh, Christmas time. You know, we donate all the money. We go out and buy toys for the kids and all this other stuff. We did it actually this Last year, um, donated toys, um, ended up doing it just for, because Patty's does a um, Toys for Tots thing. So I did something separate from that. Okay. Um, As the individual kind of. Yeah. 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 So we did an individual family. Oh, nice. And me and my buddies just, uh, we collected all the toys. And one day we just got there and we wrapped everything. And, you know, I got in touch with one of the um, teachers that I knew. From this, from their social worker, and we just packed these couple of cars full of toys and stuff, and gave it all to this one family. Yeah, wow. heck of a Christmas. So I was gonna say, uh, but that's I, I plan on doing that every year. Yeah, from each bar, we'll just pick a family and do it because that's the least we can do. Yeah. Um, but man, just come out and we like to have a good time. I mean, love it. We sometimes some of the old people sometimes take over the music. You know, we like to play. Is our, it a jukebox? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. So okay. we play our little old school. Uh, you know, old school, 80s and 90s, yep, you know, yep. can't deal with the stuff today. But uh, but you know what? It's it's a fun place. Don't yeah. really have any trouble. It's not that kind of place. How late are they open? Uh, we open at 12. We close at 3 a.m. You open at 12 noon. 12 noon. Till 3 a.m. Every yep. There's no change at that time. Never Seven changes. days. Seven days a week. Okay. I mean, obviously, unless there's a hurricane. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> Got to take that into account. Sure, sure. But man, it's a fun it's place, awesome. man. It's, just, it's, it's, a, it's a, I like to call it kind of a... A community building 
bar. Yeah, as you, know? you talk about it, I you know, I always think I think of the old show Cheers, man, like where you got like yeah. the regulars and the you know, that's the like goal. The, for, yeah, if of you course, walk in and I didn't know that's you, the goal, right? I want you to leave saying, man, all right, that was cool. I like it. I can't wait to go back. That's the goal when for everybody that walks in. Now let's be honest, you're not gonna always get that. It's just yeah. some people just aren't gonna click, and of I course, get that. Of course, that's, leave that's, me alone. I'm just over here trying to go yeah, through my absolutely. Twitter thread. But for the whatever. most part, man, that's what, <laughs> that's what we want. We want, yeah. you know, we just want to be a, a good neighborhood bar. Yeah, that you can come and, and relax and feel safe and enjoy yourself, and everybody's welcomed. No matter who well, you are. Well, you know, it's you cool, do. like, for me, because I have a lot of connections in both of those neighborhoods, right? So mm-hmm. the university areas, like, where we do so much of the work, and that's probably the one that I'll you'll see me around. Right, right. Uh, But then I grew up out in that other, in that Citrus Park area. Got, mm-hmm. I know so many families that are out that way. I don't get out there as much these days, but, like... Um, you know, just think, man, you're in, you're in both these places. I might, I might find myself. Now you said it's been about a year and a half, which means mm-hmm. you opened this up or bought it in the middle of COVID. Yeah. Uh, so, so I imagine there's a bit of a story with this transition. How'd you get down here? What, what led to this? I don't know how far back that's, that is interesting to tell, Yeah. Um, but yeah, like walk us through this a little bit. I was, um, so I was comfortable, really comfortable where I was. I, where were you? Uh, was I was home in uh, Rochester, Michigan. Okay, uh, it's a suburb of Detroit. Um, I was running a place, um, you know, with some guys. I mean, they obviously owned most of it, but they bar? were yeah, restaurant? bar okay. restaurant. Okay, so, both. And uh, I had been there for ten years. I literally was about to run for city council. Uh, really, I was already on a board. I was about to run for city council the next year. And I was, I gotten off of work and I went to this small bar that I usually go to on my way home, have a couple drinks and go home. And I saw, um, a guy I used to work for back in the day. I mean, I used to be a bouncer at his bar Yeah. and, uh, you know, I went over, said hi, bought me a drink, just kind of talking. And he goes, he tells me, yeah, man, I'm thinking about opening up a place in Florida. Jokingly, I go, oh, well, if you do, man, let me know. I might be interested. Yeah. He goes, for real? I go, yeah, you know. Think, didn't think anything of it. The next day he calls me. He goes, hey, you should come over to the house. Let's let's uh, let's talk. I'm like, okay. Hmm. Went over. We kind of went through everything that was, you know, what we talked about and, you know, percentages and all this other stuff, all the business side of it. And I'm like, yeah, I've never done anything. So, like and he before. was specifically looking at was it just one of these places down here? Was it the? He was specifically looking at the USF place. Yep. Uh, the goal was to, you know, the goal is to have like four or five, and then you know. Does this guy have uh, businesses around the country or what? Nope. He has how, a. How did that come? He to be? has a bar, huge bar back in in Michigan, in there. Rochester, Michigan. Yep. Um, the front it's called Main Street Billiards. Okay. The front of it is. Uh, all pool tables, yeah, and it has a bar and it has booths. Um, it has like eleven pool tables, so it's huge. Yeah, and then the back is a basically a club, nightclub, kind yeah. of raised couches on one side, um, a DJ booth, looking over the thing, another bar, and then a huge dance floor. So, I mean, he's been there. God, I think he's been there for a long. Does he operate that place? He does. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I mean, he does. He work. He works hard. Yeah, I mean, he probably doesn't even have to at this point. Sure, got a good team, but he there. still gets yeah. in and, and, yeah. and gets his inventory and all this other. And stuff. And then just so. kind of said, mm, "I'm gonna grab this other side project in Florida." So, <laughs> him and his brother. So the guy that 
started Paddy Wagon, the Paddy Wagons. The um, actual, like, the, the brand? Because yeah, these are franchises, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. It, the guy that actually started actually was a guy that used to work for him. Really? He used to be my manager when I was a bouncer there. Really? Yeah, so Rich came down, and he started this with another guy, and they kind of got that brand going. So Did they start here? They started here. Which one? Um, Downtown? It was a Linksters first. Okay. It's called Linksters. Okay. Um, I'm not sure which one was okay, first. Okay, okay, so. okay. Um, I did not know that. That's yeah. That started in Tampa. Yeah. I love mm-hmm. it. I love these stories. So they- I'm a big fan um, of this city. Don't quote me on that, but I'm pretty sure it started definitely. I'm gonna look it up. I'm gonna look it sure. up. Okay. Um, and I guess he and him and his brother got involved, um, and bought the one in Citrus Park like eight nine years ago or something like that. All right. And so when he said this one, he said, "Come down and let's let's do this." I'm like, okay. So I said, yeah. And then I said, nope, not gonna do it. Changed my mind. Really? I was I was terrified, man. I'm moving to a different state. Dunno. I don't know anybody. My daughter at the time was about to have a baby. Um, I never really, li- I never really lived anywhere else. Yeah. Except yeah, you Michigan, came up there, right? You know? Yeah. So I'm like, then I talked to my mom one day, and she goes, "Why are you staying? Just for what?" I'm Damn, like, oh. mom. Hmm. <laughs> I guess that makes that makes complete sense. All right, so I'm a. What what's the worst that could happen? That's true. Oh darn, I'm in Florida. <laughs> yeah. oh man it's warm all the time oh yeah. man that would be horrible <laughs> me just recognizing myself and my my skill set weren't really worried that i would not be able to make it if if the paddy wagon didn't work out yeah so um i did it i moved down in february hired staff trained them we opened up like two weeks after i got down here and uh been kind of going ever since you know, there's been obviously learning curves. Were they were they operational when y'all took them over, or they had closed down, or were they rebranded spaces? That bar was spaces? completely shut down. Yeah, it had been closed. Did you have to like rebuild out and stuff. Yeah, we had to go in and do, redo everything. It was just because they used to smoke in there right. and everything. Oh, that's right. You told me that. Yeah. So they everything was re. You know, I think the only thing they kept maybe were the the coolers. Yeah, the bar was brand the bar the actual bar is brand new. Is it- all the walls are all new and pictures, the floors and yeah, it was it was pretty it was pretty beat up. So we had to go in and, and redo everything and you know which is why people always ask, oh man, man you are you OCD? No, just the place is <laughs> new and I'd, I'd like to keep it that way kind of thing, you know. Um, and then yeah, came down man and then uh, on and off I get homesick, of course. But when I start to feel like that, I'll just book a ticket and and go home. You know, see my family, my grandkids, and uh, you know, friends or whatever. Yep. But after about three days, I'm like, okay, I'm done. I saw, <laughs> I saw, I saw. I took pretty it much in. see why I came down here. And I'm ready to go back to the heat. Yeah, you know, kind of thing. Yeah, it's about to start getting cold there now in a little bit. So, uh, but besides that, man, that's that's, yeah, I uh, I knew I needed to try it. Yeah. Because if I didn't, I'd always be wondering if. Yeah. No, I mean, man, I'll tell you what. One of the things, and I've, I've people that listen to these a lot know I repeat this a good amount, but like this, I've always been, I've always been thinking about this. There was this study done with um, a bunch of people on their deathbed. So like old, old people that have lived long lives, like dying of old age, mm-hmm. basically like, like toward the end. And they surveyed, I don't know the exact number of people, but a lot of people. And they said, if you could have done something different, what would you have done different? Right. And people say all kinds of stuff. So they document what is said. 
but there are three answers that like emerged far more than all other answers. Like mm-hmm. these outlier answers, like, wow, lots of people said, basically I would risk more. Mm-hmm. I would reflect more and I would invest in more things that lived on after me. And, and actually those three things stood out from these, like the wisdom of the deathbed, but the mm-hmm. risk more, uh, I mean, all of those are really meaningful to me. Right. Um, to like, even this, this, to me, this podcast is an active, is an act of sit, let's sit down and really reflect on mm-hmm. like, what are you doing? And what, you know, what is the meaning of that? And like, you know, how are we thinking about what work is or if we're, bringing up kids, what are we teaching them or what, you know, what is its place in our life and its meaning in our lives. But then the risk, man, there's things we sacrifice for things we invest in risk. We take. you go, man, I'm going to just up and move and take that risk. And, and at the very least to go, I'm not going to wonder what if. Right. Yeah. Now I just think there's, there's just so much there. Now, when we talked, um, when we met the, uh, whatever week or two ago, whenever that was, um, you meant, you said you were working for a season, I don't know if this was employment or volunteer stuff, but you were working with like a, a shelter or something like that. Yeah. Um, so back when I first started like really going to church, yep. Um, it was this little local church. Down what, the when is this back when I did that? So what, like, Ooh. give me like a, your, your two, maybe. Okay. Yeah. Probably 22. Okay. Um, I was like, uh, you know, just in a church, I was in a choir or whatever. Okay. So this church, I You're say, li- I say little church. But it happens to be, um, the pastor was uh, a a brother in a gospel group called the Winans, which is a big, huge yeah. group. Everybody knows. You've heard you know. him. You've heard him. <laughs> yeah. So, um, and then, yeah, so we were there and, uh, you know, decided to do the homeless shelter thing. And then we all, they picked us to work there. So we worked there and um, we did it for about a year. Now this, so this wasn't a job. This was like something you were doing as like a volunteer, or did um, it kind of bleed man, into I'm both? I'm old. I'm trying to remember if we actually got paid for it. <laughs> you were there a lot. You were there a yeah, lot. Yeah, definitely. Okay. Um, okay. So we did it, and what were you doing there? Um, basically, you know, we we would stay overnight, all of us. There'd be like four four guys. So you were a bouncer. <laughs> a bouncer, a bouncer, Same as I was doing in the club. Man. A bouncer with a purpose. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> I love it. So we, I, that, that might be my new title. At like, I think it was like eight o'clock, seven o'clock. We would let them all in. Um, you know, they shower, get some new clothes to put on. We feed them. Then we have a little Bible study with them because you're not going to be able to. Yeah, 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 yeah. Talk to them until you meet those basic needs type for thing. sure um, don't talk to me about that crap <laughs> yeah <laughs> i want some macaronis bro <laughs> exactly so we would do that and then you know we just chat with them yeah and we try to find out you know if they had family or yeah. just try to get some info to yeah. see just so we could reach out to the families and try to help um and then in the morning um you know they'd have to get up get ready and they actually have to go out and look yeah 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 jobs, so this is just a nighttime shelter yep, just a nighttime in. thing yeah, but then yeah. they can come back you know, yep. that same night, mm-hmm. you know, but they had to go out and actually look for jobs and things like that. So was this place independent? It wasn't like a Salvation Army or nah, yeah, like it was that. independent. Yeah, it was yeah. actually right at it was actually in the church in our basement. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Actually in the church. in our. Basement. What was the capacity so, of it? Um, I think we had a 20. Yeah. Maybe 20. Was it 20? all men or men and women? It was all men. All men. Yeah. All a lot men. of them will do that. If especially yeah. if it's a small spot. Like yeah. That. Yeah. It's probably best. It's hard. To, yeah. Yeah. Which one you want? Because. we Yeah. <laughs> um. So, you know, did that for a year. And then, um, you know, we met some cool people. You, you, you learn a lot. You learn what to say, what not to say. Yeah. Triggers that, that'll 
you know, make people angry and, you know, learn how to, you know, uh, diffuse good, good lessons, man. situations, yeah. you know, which probably was, you're right, though. Probably the first time I learned how to diffuse arguments. Now it comes like in that. handy at the at the pub, man. Yeah. <laughs> Usually I just tell them, man, I'm willing to go to jail. So yeah, you know, yeah. don't mess up in my bar. Shut and, it down. and they kind of <laughs> figure it out from there. Uh, but then, yeah, so that church was, you know, it was called Perfecting Church. Okay. Uh, so that was kind of the, the, my first, you know. Uh, you got any, you got any favorite that. favorite stories or interactions from that? Like From uh, there? Yeah, anything stand out? Uh, just uh, the first fight, because <laughs> we didn't know what to do. Okay. You know, uh, two guys, I don't know, they were arguing over a cot or something. Yeah, it's always, yep. And it's just like, uh, well, we didn't. We didn't think this was gonna happen, so right, right, right. so you have to get in, and you you know, I probably wasn't as big. I wasn't definitely was not as big as I am now. I was probably maybe one ninety, yeah, something like that. So I didn't have the confidence, you know. I'm got sixty more pounds on me now, so yeah, yeah, yeah. a whole lot more confidence comes with that. It does, so, it does, it does. So you know, we're getting in, and you're pulling them aside, and just just made you think, like. These guys are arguing over a place to sleep. Right. And it just kind of makes you think, like, man, just, what do I got to complain about? Kind of right. thing. Yeah. Right. It, that was probably the, for me, it's probably the biggest lesson I came out of it with, you know, kind of thing. So, mm-hmm. but yeah, man, I mean, that church was the start of a lot of, a lot of things for me. I mean, I ended up going on tour with those guys, got to see places I would have never been able on to see. On tour with the Winans? Yeah. 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 Singing? No, like no, with no. The choir. <laughs> I was okay. So you were the b boy. The Come choir, <laughs> the choir that we had at that church, yeah, was a choir you just couldn't join. It wasn't like a community choir; everybody could join. It was you like had, a for real, for real. You had gospel to audition. Choir. You stood in a line. You walked. Into so you a could room sing with Marvin Winans, and it was a organ guy playing the organ. I think it was it was either Anton or Dana. One of those guys was playing the organ. You had to sing the song. And all right, they let you know if you make it. Like that's nerve wracking. Yeah, like, I was just trying to join a choir, and I'm just trying to praise God. Yeah, <laughs> man, and you know, you get there, and then uh, we uh, made. Sorry, it. you didn't make the cut. And we been. I was in. I was. In, we we think we recorded two or three albums. Wow. Um, and then, uh, you know, like I said, I was on tour with those guys for like a year, probably a couple years actually. You know, just got to see a lot of places that you wouldn't you wouldn't get to see if you know couldn't afford that. You know, yeah. traveling all over the yeah. world. I sold T-shirts, and I was like security. Yeah, and that's then, awesome. Uh, that kind of blossomed into they had two younger sisters that were around my age, and they had just got signed to not just got signed, but they had just come out with an album. Yeah, and I think they were on like Arista Records. I think it was a subsidiary of Jive Records. Okay. And if you know anything about the Winans, you know, they're all close to Whitney Houston. Um, so I guess Whitney literally told them, like, why don't you guys go on tour with me? It'd be one of my opening acts. And she had another opening act, which was her one of her band guys. His name was Kirk Whalen. He was a saxophonist. So um, so they called me one day and was like, hey, Brian, you want to go on tour with us? I'm like, where? The Flint? Cause I'm thinking, okay, where are you guys going? Are you going around Michigan? Are you going to go to Flynn and go to a co-? They go, no, no, you got to come over. So back then, they go, you got to come over. So I go over to their parents' house, um, and they have this fax. <laughs> so you know how all the papers rolled up. <laughs> you see, 
you know, you roll yeah, up the yeah, paper, yeah, unroll yeah. it, and you see all these dates. And I'm like, that's like a for real tour. Oh, like for real, for real. And I see the first place was the first time you leave. we leave was July 4th. And we were going to Core Gables. We were going to be there for two weeks for rehearsals and everything. And then from there, we were just going all over the world. World? Oh, yeah. It was international. Oh, yeah. Now, are y'all in a bus? Um, no. Well, did we ever? Yeah, we did a bus. When a city was close, like if we were in Philly. But you're flying a lot, too. A between... bus was going to New York or yeah, right. something you're in like little, that. Yep. Um, but if we're in, you know, we're leaving Detroit and going to Florida, we're flying. Obviously. You know, I always get so mad, and it makes perfect sense for going on tours. Like, if you're scheduling a tour, going to Florida is such a pain in the neck because it's like, it's not, it's just out of the way. Right. So, like, I, I'm always like, there's all these artists. I'm like, well, we got to drive to Atlanta because mm-hmm. that's the closest city they're going to come to because, right. Yeah. Like, unless, you know, we do get artists, obviously, we get artists that come down to Tampa, but so many don't because it's yeah. just like, yeah, well, we got to go. That's not on the way to nothing. Yeah. I have to look <laughs> like for people I want to see. There's this guy out of uh, Louisiana, um, Mark Brassad. Uh-huh. Um, just a, you know, red beard, white dude, probably hung around some brothers all his life in church and stuff like that. And that's okay. the kind of voice he has. And uh, um, I saw him back home. It's probably one of the best kinds I've ever been to. Small little place in Royal Oak, Royal Oak Music Theater. Um, small, little place. But dude, this dude rocks. He's, what kind of music? Man, he sings sings rock he sings country he loves motown he literally has a whole album about that he does all these motown songs he does a version of um uh, one of marvin Gaye's songs um and you can't tell the difference between him how you spell rasad brasad b-r-b-r okay b-r-o u u s-s-a-r-d okay got it Um, i'm pulling it up yeah no he's he's dude's got a voice on him and I'd like to think I know singing because I've been around some pretty good ones. Yeah, <laughs> my yeah, life. sounds like so, it. So, uh, yeah, and then you know, just once he, I was here, that's what really made me want to come to Florida. That was years and years and years and years ago. He's from where? I think uh, New Orleans, Louisiana. Because I just pulled it up, and all of his upcoming shows are in Germany. So he's he's out in Hamburg, right? Like he's in yeah, he's on a, a tour out there now. Yeah, but he was just here in the states for a little bit. Uh, I'm, I'm, t- I'm gonna be listening to this when we get done here. I yeah, gotta drive. Oh, I gotta drive after this. Yeah, please do, dude. You'll love, you'll love it. Um, so are you still singing, man? I I, I asked I, you three times. Yeah. You just kept talking. You're like, I'm gonna avoid that. I'm gonna avoid that question. So, um, we we do karaoke every Wednesday night at, oh, at Patty's at USF. Are you up there? Um, I go up there all the time. I love. I absolutely love singing. That's it's kind of one of the things that just kind of takes you away from everything. I mean. We were in Key West a couple weekends ago, me and some buddies, and they're like, Brian, you got to go. You guys karaoke. I'm like, we can go, but it's a long line. So we get there, and I'm sitting, and they're like, you want to sing? I go, yeah, I'm going to sing. Two more. If they don't call me in two, then we can go back. Mm -hmm. We'll go back to where we were. They call my name. I go up, and I switch songs. I'm looking at the crowd. I'm like, oh, well, they probably don't want to hear Boys to Men. So Everybody um, wants to hear Boys to Men. Come on. I don't know, man. That crowd. ABC, BBD. (laughs) So I ended up singing um, My Way by Frank Sinatra. Uh-huh. And people are, I'm, this reaction was, it was weird because, I mean, people clap and things like that. But this was, everybody was just kind of into it. The After I got done, people were standing up clapping and what? giving me fist bumps. And one of the guys that was with us, he goes, man, he goes, I don't know if you noticed, 
He goes, but nobody was doing anything. Bartenders weren't serving drinks. The people weren't <laughs> asking for drinks. He goes, everybody was staring up at you. And I'm like, oh, for real? He goes, dude. And my buddy has a video of it. And I'm like, oh, wow, dude, that's, I didn't know that, but I picked a good song. I and, they, song. and they I loved it. it. <laughs> and I, I didn't realize, like, I, first time I, I sang that song, which is probably two months ago, it's a lot. That song is a lot to, to, yeah. to like, when you, when you listen to the words, it's like, oh, I didn't know it was going to be this emotionally, like, in-depth, because yeah, I'm like, yeah. oh, so I got to, like, you got to sing and you still got to feel all those emotions. That's a lot to go through. It's like a... Roller coaster, but when you when you sing it, you feel like what Frank Sinatra was feeling, or whoever was when they wrote that song. Now, man. interestingly <laughs> enough, I know you guys have karaoke night, but there is like these Irish pub kind of like. Do you know? Do you know some of the like? So like a lot of Irish pubs will have like. I mean, shit! I was at one. Where was I? Might have been Philly or New York. It was one of these like, oh no, this is a for real, for real, <laughs> like Irish. You know what I mean, like. You walk in this like Irish bar, like oh, this is like where all the Irish people are, <laughs> and they had and these guys were like they were doing it just turned into like this sing along, mm-hmm. in the they were like oh yeah every Thursday night or whatever people come in here this same little group gets together, they'll start singing these old Irish songs and the whole place just breaks out in these like old Irish sussy man you need to learn something definitely in Philly you be, I mean you could be, you could be that, getting on I the can, bar and singing like that the, I can see that get, in Philly like but, the barmaid or whatever. <laughs> right but when, when, whenever we do sing-alongs it's usually uh, Flintstones <laughs> uh, something like Sweet Caroline or oh, everybody yeah. will start yeah, singing yeah, all yeah. together we can usually get everybody singing all at once that's right usually, nobody knows all them songs yeah, that's right you had to go right into that that cut of people right Yeah. even though I mean believe it or not my last I mean Brian Cardwell Last name's Welsh. Yeah. <laughs> Brian's Irish. Yeah. I had no idea. I didn't set that up that way. It just kind of fell into place how that is. But uh yeah, man, it's uh it's funny. That's it's awesome, funny. man. It's funny. It's been it's been good. It's been a good run. More to do. More to now come. you I know you said you had like a restaurant bar you were managing up there. It sounded like you had a similar arrangement where it sounds like so you've partnered with folks that are owners and you're you kind of take ownership by operator. Like you kind of take yeah, an operator that partnership. Place up up uh, up in Michigan, uh, Penny Black was the name of the okay, restaurant. Okay, it, it was an old, uh, an old, uh, what do you call it? Uh, post office. Really? Yeah, it was an old post office. I got some friends that have an old post office uh, up in Alton, Illinois. It's a little like, like, like a, it's um, right next to Ferguson actually, and it's this really like sleepy kind of town with all these killer old buildings mm-hmm. but like nothing's going on and like this investor guy this someone said here take the old it looks like i mean it's this old old like building that they got this old post office where like you know the old p.o boxes that's what they have bottles in mm-hmm. like the old p.o box anyway go on t- but i'm just like yeah. oh it's such a slick environment tell to that guy to call tell in. that guy to call me i'll help him open up a restaurant in yeah that place. yeah yeah um it's uh yeah so it was an old restaurant or old post office in that town. And um, I wasn't working there at first when it first opened. I was just, I was working at the bar next door, the competitor. Mm-hmm. And left. I left there. and But I would always go over there and hang out. And a buddy of mine, guy I didn't know, just, you know, you meet a guy and you just click with this dude. And it's just like, this guy be, this guy be my friend forever now because he just, it's not anything, not that we'd known each other for 
a long time, but just you guys just mesh. You click. Mm-hmm. And that's just how it happens. So they didn't want two male bartenders. I get it. <laughs> I'm in the business. She's like, yeah, but I'm sexy. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. Like, I bring a little, I bring a little more to the table than most. You want me to take my shoulder down? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So uh, my buddy Will was like, literally was like, trying to get me, get me in, get me the job at the bartender. Yep. They finally said, okay, boom. Next thing you know, we're working together, and it's a show every every night on the patio or behind the bar inside. It's a show with me and him working. It's like yin and yang. It was, I mean, people would come there just to see us. Really? If we, if they asked if where's Brian or Will, and they were there, they would leave. And my my buddy Jeff, who owned the place, would always be like that. He goes, man, when you're not here, people leave. They don't come in. I go, it's kind of what we did. It was, it, was a, it was a double-edged sword because, you know, when we weren't there, they expected the things that, the crazy things that we did for the other bartenders. And it's just because bartenders are different. Not gonna, they're not going to all be the same, but we just, man, we worked. We had a good run, and then after about four years, I ended up taking over as a GM. Mm. And I'm like, you know, you got to give me a, a little piece of the place. If uh, I'm yeah, that, okay, yep. And, you know, they agreed and everything, and then I ran it for another six, seven years. And Was then, that your first kind of, like, piece of ownership in yeah. a space like that? Yep. Okay. Yeah, yep. And then after that, you know, I had been doing it for a while. Like I said, I, I was comfortable. Yep. After about ten years, I was really comfortable where I was. I was comfortable with what I was doing. I was comfortable with the town because I had, I knew everybody. I could walk into a bar and people would just buy me drinks or just or food or dinner or whatever. Yeah. And uh, you know, I had worked for other restaurants You're in there on the too. Scene then yeah. So um, like I said, I was already on the board. I was gonna run for city council. Literally had somebody had already made signs. I'm like, no, put that away. I didn't say I didn't say I was gonna do it yet, kind of thing. I walk in one day, and it's like Brian Cartwright for City Council. Man, come on, pull that off. Bro. That's amazing. Um, and then um, ended up uh, just I needed some, I needed a challenge. I needed more of a challenge. Now, did are you do you still own some of Penny Black or did they no. buy you out when you transitioned? It's all gone. Uh, oh, it's, really? It's actually another restaurant now. Really? So it yeah. sold? Yeah, sold, and then um. It's closed right now because they're remodeling everything okay. or whatever. So it's going to become another bar. Yep. Um. So yeah, that's that's all gone. My buddy Jeff is still. He has a place in Naples. You know. He ended up down here too. Well, no, he just has a house in Naples. Oh, okay. All right. All right. <laughs> he all has right. it like that. Um. So um. You know, when they come down every once in a while, I'll drive down to Naples and hang out. Now, what was the guy's name that you said we were just like a show together? Will. Will. Now you Will, and Will... Black. W I L. Is that related to the Penny, that... Penny Black? Nope. Okay, just, just incidentally, it's, incidentally? Yeah, incidentally, yeah, incidentally, yeah. Uh, okay, so you and Will working like that together. Now, I'm, um, so you've, you've, you know, you've played sports, you know, there's like team situations mm-hmm. there. You've seen, well, quartets, right? There's, right, right, there's, right. there's, there's, there's these effects that happen when certain chemicals or people come together that they're both just so much greater than the sum of their parts, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm curious, both, I'm specifically with you and will, but then pull from sports or whatever else, mm-hmm. other examples you have of this. Like, what do you think that is? Like, there's like something like harmony, like thinking mm-hmm. about music, right? Right. right like yeah. we're, we're in harmony. 
Um, we're, we feed off one another. Like there's, there's something beautiful that happens when people, so this is another interesting thing about work is work together. So Mm -hmm. for me, and I'll just give, throw this out, not as piece of that, but like relationship. Mm -hmm. So you and me get to know each other. We're sitting here talking Mm -hmm. face to face, but you want to get to know, you want to create real relationship, at least with me. Right. It's like, it's going to happen best when we work shoulder to shoulder, Mm -hmm. like we did last Friday. Like let's serve these folks together. right? Right. Right. That's where something happens in me in terms of like fusing us together and and then obviously some people you work better with that mm-hmm. you you just like a dance partner or something right, like that yeah but what do you think that is or like reflect on that a little bit like why were you a show uh why was it so amazing because i i i, I think we would pretty much do whatever we and say whatever we wanted but we kind of it was an, it was something it just happened organically that i knew if if he was here I knew I had to be here. Mm-hmm. I knew he knew if I was here that he had to be here. So this is actually partly the the act. You, when you say it's a show, it's like part yeah. of the act, like yeah. what you're doing with the with oh, folks. Oh, absolutely, man. Uh, a, now, is this true operationally as well, like productivity or what you're able, to, like actually the actual like running of the place, or is it like no, we're more like a comedy act, a little bit. It like, was it was more. It was more of a comedy act, okay. but it was a it was a ever growing comedy act because we as while we were doing it, we realized what worked well, what didn't work well, yeah, yeah. what people liked, yeah. what they liked more, and just kind of uh, honing your honing oh your, man yeah no honing was, your bit right. So if this he awesome. would come in sad or not feeling well, I'm like, all right, I got to dial it up. Tonight. My turn, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. got to do this, and you know. Or if he came in, or I came in like that, he'd be like, oh, man, all right, let's go. Who look at me. But there was a point in time in the night where 10 o'clock, 10.30, where we were about to get busy, slammed, two deep, three deep at the bar. He'll look at me, or I'll look at him, and we'll we'll just be like, all right, let's get this money. And that was the sign. That was it. We knew, all right, we're about to do this. He could look at the bar and just go. Um, and he was way comfortable. Me, I was, I knew where his skill set was, so I could, I could pull back, and and take over the service bar, and, yep. and still be able to get people whatever, whatever. But he was, I knew his show, his thing was gonna take way more energy. Yeah. For him. Yeah. So I knew I could. I mean, most of the time I could just be like, sit back and just do my service bar thing and talk to people here and there. Or whatever, and then it switched. Yep, it yep. switched off and on. But we we knew that it switched off and on, and we didn't have to talk. We didn't have to do anything. It, it was basically a look and a feel that we had. I love that. And it, it, like I said, just organically it came together, all the time. Even now, I was talking to somebody back from back home, and uh, he said we didn't realize during that time when, you know, you, Will. There was a couple other people that worked at a couple other bars, a guy named Sam and then a girl named Nikki that used to work at a Mr. B's back over there. And they were like, we didn't realize it, but it's never going to be better than what it was then. This mm. town will never be what it was yeah. because there aren't bartenders like you guys anymore. Like you guys. You know, there's there's n- not not similar, but that whole it'll never be like it was. Um, it's it, it's an interesting phenomenon. Um, like you know, there were times that like the, like the well used to run this daytime drop in center, like mm-hmm. maybe like it was like the shelter, but during the day, like, so you can't, 
during during the day you had to go. Right. Well, here in Tampa, man, it's one, it's hot outside. It's mm-hmm. illegal for homeless people to be just about anywhere, right? Mm-hmm. You get run off from everywhere. So we opened up a place that existed for several years where it was like, well, here's a place that we can't give everyone a house or a home, but here's a place to come make yourself at home on a regular basis. And we we would open it up during the day. It was couches, TV, coffee, showers, uh, free market, like the one we have in here, people mm-hmm. to come in and get groceries, this, that, and the other. And um I lost my train of thought telling you about giving, <laughs> giving you the framing of all of that. Um, but like, what, what, what the heck? Sorry. I, I literally lost the frame of mind. What was he, we were saying? We were talking about the, uh, um, Oh, it'll never be like it was. Yeah. 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 Okay. Thank you. Sorry about that. So yeah. So I, um, that there was a moment and I would say for a lot of us that worked there, volunteered there, we're like, man, it's like, cause what happened was people will come in off the streets and say like, Man, I really love it here, and I really feel, I'm really grateful for mm-hmm. like what's happening. I got rest, I got the shower, I feel great, and I love the spirit of the place. How can I help? Mm-hmm. We're like, well, you can make that coffee, or you can help run the shower, or you can help. You know, we had the, that's where the bike shop started. You had the recycle bin outside. You can help run that, and people started taking ownership of the space, mm-hmm. like running it basically. So we had folks that were living on the streets that they weren't paid staff, but they would come in. Some of them had keys, even come in early, clean mm-hmm. up, cook the coffee, make lunch doing all this stuff, helping run things, helping do hospitality. Right. And I was like, man, this is the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. And now eventually I will just fast forward and say, eventually what is so beautiful becomes ugly when you realize these people are working as hard as any of us and we don't have the capacity to pay them all. Right. And they're working their faces off because it's what's right and good and mm-hmm. whatever. But they also sleep under a bridge at night mm-hmm. and like they're pouring themselves out for the community, the community to support them. So I, that's where I was like, let's get into social enterprise See if we can't make some money, build because I'm never going to raise enough, panhandle enough to take care of all these needs. Okay, but back to the, I think many of us look back at those days, and I have several of these in my life, and mm-hmm. I think people listening can probably say, oh, I have some of those where we go, like they said at your bar, man, like it'll never, it'll never be like that again. Now, we pray that maybe I haven't an experience like something like that, but there was like it was like heaven kissed earth for me, right? right. Like right. for this moment in time. And what I realize is something that's, I don't know, maybe just sobering about life in general. Like you got me a little reflective now. Cause I'm like, <laughs> you know, I could be poopy pants about, well, it's over and we lost it, mm-hmm. but it's like, I don't know. You open a good bottle of wine and it's going to be empty soon. Mm-hmm. Mortality is like that. Life is like that. Like, right. it's like things are actually valuable because they get finished. And I think about like standing in a stream, like life washing over us. Like it's, there are moments in time to be just grateful that 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 happened. Right. Like we had it uh, not, mm-hmm. you know, not to kind of worry about, oh, well, we lost it or it'll never be the same. Right. It, it reminds me, maybe your, your sister would quote this to you. The, the path, it's actually old, uh, old Testament. I think in Ecclesiastes, Solomon said, uh, do not say why were the old days better than these? It's not wise to ask those kind of questions. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that's actually actually true right yeah. like it's like how is that helpful right now right <laughs> how, how is that helping us right now but right. it is also really good to to hear someone say to you yeah absolutely you were one of those moments for absolutely me. and be like man how good is that like it does wonders for the for this the soul it does wonders for just just your psyche in general just to know all right you know what people appreciated what we did it was it was it was something special regardless if you know, or it was at a bar or whatever, but we 
we we we put our stamp on some things <laughs> now when you talk about something doing wonders for the soul that's like people saying look i see what you're doing i appreciate what you've done that really touched us changes you've talked about like the fulfillment of like interacting with folks around the bar um not even feeling like you're working like i'm getting more out of this mm -hmm. you know it's like this is so good for me i'm really getting something um i, I guess like i wonder you know when we and it's not work because like work is something you don't want to do and you get money for or something something like that like the way we framed it in this conversation and then like this is different how do you think about like like the the fruits of labor or the rewards that kind of like grow like like the like things like that value like things like you go you know Hey, look, the extra 60 pounds gave me extra confidence. Those like positive words from these mm -hmm. friends, like did wonders for your soul. Like what are, are there other things that you would say like, and, and no pressure to think of them if right, not, right. but like here are things that in reflection have been like really meaningful or valuable to me in all of my experience with work or whatever, mm -hmm. like something that's what's been formed in you, what's been invested in you. Like, um, I'm just curious if anything comes to mind. Um, yeah, a couple things. Uh, First of all, the trust that I get from my partners. They're like, I mean, they're not here. They're back in Michigan. Yeah. I'm here. They're I'm, I'm running both of these places. And, I mean, they knew my partner, Steve, knew me well enough to know. And, you know, saw what I did at the other place. And, he, you know, enough to know, to, to feel like. He's right. got this. Yeah, he's got this kind of thing. And then the fact that I, I, I can actually employ people. <laughs> You know, uh, I can yeah. actually, I can, I can, I can employ. How many people do you have? Oh, right now, I think I have. I might have eleven, eleven bartenders across the two places. Yeah. Not, do they go back and forth? They or do. They, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, there's a couple people that go back and forth. Couple, and, okay. Um, and then some are at just some, one spot. One spot. Live next then, to it or whatever. But um, any one of them can work. Anyway, you know how because it it's is. all one payroll or whatever. It's just like I got two addresses. And no, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's not. not. It's actually no. two. I have to do two payrolls, oh, okay. which is fine. Whatever. I'm yeah, not. Yeah, I don't yeah. care. I got it down to a science now. It's good. But um, just you know, they they they're able to go back and forth. So they they're trained at both places. So if somebody needs a day off and somebody wants to pick it up at a different place that they haven't worked at, they're free to pick it up and go over. And it's good. I mean, just the fact, yeah. just being able to employ people and. Just, you know, um, feel like, you know, there are some people, even if it's once every three months, if somebody walks in and says, man, I'm glad I was able to come here. You know, just you really just never know what people are going through and yeah. how you, you might have stopped someone from killing themselves, yeah. from committing suicide. You know, you might have stopped someone from going home and beating their wife or their yeah. kid or, yeah. or whatever the case may be. Sure. It could be anything we just we don't know the scale to just how out here being bar angels baby that's what man, we're that's, it. that's it i may have to get that shirt made up man i love that <laughs> to pay yeah. my sister some royalties though well you got you got um you've talked about building community at the pubs and you've talked about um the the team dynamics with sports and working with the whether from you being in sports or mm -hmm. or even some of the team dynamics with your work um curious now and then mentioning you have the employees um how are you thinking about community and team and family with the like how do you frame that with employees like like how are you thinking about that in terms of, as a leader as an owner um I, I for the most part i try to lead by example okay um so if i'm doing something um like we had a uh a bartender last year and she was young 21 
she's uh she was the daughter of a buddy of mine that I met down here, Pete. And um she was training to bartend. Um and she was coming home from a bar or from a party or something. She wasn't driving. And the guy was just going fast and hit a curb and she was instantly killed. Car went up, hit a tree, mm. instantly killed. Um and we did a couple of um you know um you know tributes and memorial things yeah. at the bar. Yep. And um like that. Then you know, we did like a couple different art shows. Um but they're all they're pretty much all in because they see me and they're like, Oh, oh, we're gonna do this? Oh, this is awesome. Um I tell them all the time, I go, none of you guys will ever outwork me. I'll always be the hardest worker. So you guys can never tell me, oh man, I did this. Well, yeah, okay, well I did that twice. So yeah. <laughs> kind of yeah. thing. You know, but that I I don't I I don't want you to do what I'm say what I say just because I said it. I want you to do what I said because you respect me. You're like, well, Brian would do this kind of thing. And- you're also and you're also you have real ownership in the space. You're like, I mean, yeah. it's it's crazy to hear business owners thinking like their employees should be like people say that all the what time, they're not willing dude. to do is like, what are you talking about? Like, you, you you're an toilets, owner. How many toilets I clean? <laughs> right. <laughs> and but like I said, they they respect me because yeah. they know that I'm not going to ever ask them to do anything that I wouldn't do or do anything that just in general that I wouldn't do. So whatever causes that we come up with that we decide to yep. to support, they're they're on board. They're on board for it and they're and they're, and they're pretty much all in, which is what I love. You know, they're they're easy to, they're easy as employees, but I get people say all the time, I just never see an owner working. That's just different. I go, well, most probably those owners got way more money than me. <laughs> and second, um, I, I want to be relevant. I want to be yeah. I want to be in here. I want to know what's going yeah. on. I don't want to be the guy calling and say, hey, what Love happened? That. I'm not watching. I don't want to watch the cameras. Yeah. You know, I want to be, I want people to see me. I want these kids to see me and to know. I want them to know me. So when they walk into this bar, oh, well, yeah, Brian's not putting up with that kind of stuff. Or right, right, this, right. That and the other. So, you know. It's uh how how would you define success? Hmm. Funny. <laughs> you've asked, you 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 know throughout the years you've been asked this question a few times by certain by people in yeah, general yeah, 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 or whatever. Yeah. And the funny thing is it changes uh-huh. for you. You're young, a little younger. Oh man, well, I just want to, you know, be able to, you know, have a lot of money and take care of my family and have this car or, you know, I want a house here and a house there. Um, I think success is defined by how the people around you describe you and think about you. Mm. Um, and I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm not a philosopher, I'm not trying to sound philosopher, you know, uh, but I think it's, I, I don't care what a stranger thinks, uh, but the people that are closest to me, and know me, how they describe me, they, mm-hmm. you know, and if they describe you as a person that cares or a person that they can call whenever something's wrong and um, whenever, like, I mean, I had a girl call me, text me last night. I was obviously asleep, but she had gotten to a little minor fender bender. I mean, she lives in Atlanta and she ended up texting me. She goes, I was just looking 
for a, a calm voice to call me to help me calm down or whatever, whatever. You know, I talked to her this morning. She's fine. Um, but you don't get a call like that unless somebody thinks, even though yeah. I haven't seen her and I don't know how long. It's not like you're coming to pick her up. Right? Yeah, you, yeah, yeah. You don't get a call like that unless you, uh, you know, you you make a mark and earned you know? it. Yeah, I mean, yeah. And that's for me. That's that's success. It's not about money. It's not about. I love that. Any of that. It's you know. It's 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 how the people that are closest to me, def- you know. Define me and let you know and and could describe me to someone. Yep. Oh, how's Brian? You know, and you know, for them to go off and give them a description of of this person that they think I am, you know, that's what means the most to me. And I, th- I think that's what my definition of success is if it's a good one because those are the people that know you. You mentioned earlier having a daughter. You have one kid, one daughter, one daughter, mm-hmm. and you said that she was having a child. You a grandpa? I'm a grandpa twice over. Twice over. Twice over. You got some pictures? I do. I got this little one right here. How old are the grandbabies? Uh, Noah's two. Oh man. Jaren is. He'll be one. He'll be little. He'll be one soon. Real soon. I mean, you got this calendar over your daughter's yeah. face. I can't see her. Oh. <laughs> there you go. Man, that's a beautiful family. So, uh. Curious. Now they're up there still there in Detroit. Yep. yep. Mm-hmm. How often you see them? Uh, I mean, every time I go home. Just yeah. Yeah. Every yeah, time yeah. I go home. The first year, Noah was born. My daughter and they live with me. Okay. So I was. So yeah. All year so, one. Oh, how good was that? It was awesome, man. It was awesome. That was that really what made it hard to leave. That yeah, was the I'll hardest bet. part about leaving. I bet everything else I could have done. Yeah, mom's like, "What are you staying for?" I'm like, uh, "I'm holding this baby. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I got a grandbaby here." Yeah, so slowly, yeah. slowly trying to get it, convince her to, to come move, on down, move come down. On down. Like, yeah. You can bartend over here. <laughs> yeah, man. Whatever. Just bring my grandkids. <laughs> yeah, man. So, so uh, brought them up on the back of the success question because I'm curious, like. In your kind of bringing your daughter up, and then you're even like now thinking about the the grandbabies, and mm-hmm. kind of like as you said, like my definition of success changes as I get older. It be, mm-hmm. I, I'm getting wiser. I'm getting mm-hmm. I'm getting better at this. I have more right. to maybe invest in these young folks mm-hmm. or whatever. And so, uh, how how are you thinking about like, if, you know, how did you think about like framing um, work and success and all mm-hmm. of these things like? With your daughter or now thinking about grandchildren or even for listeners that have young folks or these kids that you're going to be coaching with sickles or whatever. Like, as mm-hmm. you think about, like, kind of taking this accumulated wisdom and investing it in another generation, like, um, I don't know, do you have any any particular thoughts, especially around, like, the idea of, like, hard work, success, sacrifice, you know, those kinds of things? Um, I, I think... Hard work is a is a early formula for success. Mm. And when I say early formula, I mean like bust your butt to 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 know whatever it is you're doing to do it the best you can, be better at it than anybody else, and have to take pride in it. Yeah, first and foremost. Um, Excuse me. Um. Then uh, I think uh, after that, I think you kind of have to figure out where you best fit 
and that whole thing to try to figure out early, like, were you back? Because as a, as a young kid, I, I think the worst thing is time management. <laughs> you know, it seems to be hard from, from middle school all the way up to sophomore, junior in college or whatever. I mean, I can, some of the people that work for me, like, what are you doing with your time? Like a bartender, like, why do you not have time for this? You only work two days a week. Kind of <laughs> you barely work. <laughs> <laughs> but it's 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 it takes yeah, it yeah. takes it's hard. You know, it t- it takes a lot of work to figure that out. Um, I just I think start by working hard. Mm. By working hard, I think that will bring some. Uh, there's a lot of um. What do you say? Uh, side effects from working hard. Good mm. side effects. Um, and then I think, you you know, once you figure out, all right, I can do this, you know, and then, you know, maybe start helping people. Mm. Um, I just, I don't know. It was something that was instilled in me probably at birth with, with helping people. I've, I've, I've always been a giver. Um, and I think just, you know, growing up, it was just something I've always done and always always will and it's not like that for everybody but i think helping someone else does so much more for you mm-hmm. like when you're working hard oh, i'm doing this with my family I, you can't just think about yourself yep because not only yes i get it you got to work hard but you have to learn how to give you mm-hmm. got to learn how to give because i mean and that there's so like you don't know until you do it like you can just be oh well you know i can do that yeah it'll be cool i'll, I'll do this whatever but you don't know until you really, really like give of yourself, like what kind of, what kind of high you get. I don't need anybody to know about anything I, I've ever done. Yeah. Like I could care less yep. about you know. The only reason people know about the things that I do because I use social media platforms to promote them and and stuff like that. You know, like some of the. the Charities that I've done and things like that, that you know, because which is helpful to the aim and the cause. Yeah, right? absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like Otherwise, if there wasn't that, yeah, I wouldn't. I, right. would, I wouldn't care. Right, I wouldn't care. For me, it's about the feeling of being able to to help people. And I think once you get that feeling, you can be as successful as you want. But if you don't, if you don't help, I don't think you get it. If you don't help people, I don't think you get it. Mm. And and I think working hard and then helping mm. others. You start with those two things, and I think everything grows from there. I mean, I could be simplifying it, but for me, yeah, that's what that's what. Well, works. and it makes it really maps well to your idea of success. Ultimately, being what it is that the people that know you the best and the people that are around you mm-hmm. would say about you is like, well, that actually maps because you've been mm-hmm. valuable to them, you've been helpful to them, you've been right. there for them. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Man, um, how could people get in touch other than, co- I mean, come to the bar, obviously, right, right, right? right? Is there any other, any things you would point people to or want people to like check out? I don't know how, like how active you are on socials or anything like that. Or... Um, I'm, I'm, I'm fairly active on our, on our, our, uh, social media, uh, Facebooks and Instagram for patties. Okay. Um, I mean, you can just look up Patty Wagon USF. Okay. And either for Facebook or for Instagram. And the same thing for Paddy Wagon, uh, Citrus Park, Facebook and Instagram also. Um, and there you'll see a lot of the um, events that we're doing. You'll see a lot of the promotions that we're doing. Um, 
and then if there's some you know there's some community things that we're we're putting up and posting you'll see that um i mean we'll throw in like cornhole tournaments or something too because yeah. people love doing that uh but i got a bartender and her sister from chicago for some reason they've won the last two your bartenders are Dude, just crushing the <laughs> fire. Fire. Really? I, I don't I don't know what her parents were teaching her. I know her, actually know her parents. Like, I knew her parents before I knew them because they came to the bar when they were dropping them off. Really? At the uh, at the uh, apartment over there. And man, she's her sister's. I, I don't know. I don't know if she's just got like aim like nobody else. But wow. she'll hit ten out of twelve easy. Wow. Easy frustrating every guy that walks up <laughs> i love that man uh but besides that man like i said that's just the thing where you know we like to come and have fun love it and i you know if somebody's got some type of um you know event or or community thing that they want to to try and do or want help with or something man come by we're always willing to help out and do what we can and promote stuff and do different like drives and things like that i know back home we would do drives for like you know, um, you know, coats and presents and things like that. But I mean, they don't need really need coats down here. Yeah. You know, I so. heard you guys might have some canned goods for us too. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah, yep. Appreciate At that. At the end of this week, I'll probably uh, drop them off. We on, so uh, appreciate that. And by the way, for those of y'all listening, drop your canned goods off at Patty's. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You can do that too. It's at. Are you collecting them at both or at USF? Collecting them at both. At both yep, places. Yeah. They want to bring some canned goods by, man. Just come on, drop them by and. Um, bring some can if you do bring some canned goods by, come on by and I uh, buy a drink and then we'll give you a bogo. You know, I love it. So buy one get one. You know, thank you. We'll do that for you. Yeah, and and guys, we you know we run these uh, free markets and we collect food that might otherwise go wasted and to share with our neighbors. And we and you know back in the day, people pictured oh you get a bunch of canned goods. What we get is a bunch of perishables. So like we were out this morning and we had a ton of produce, dairy. We had meat. Um, I think I saw six cans of food, right? Like canned goods is actually the thing we don't get our hands on anymore. Mm -hmm. The non-perishable shelf-stable stuff is what's gotten harder and harder for folks like us to get. Uh, but it is a really handy thing for people to have. So if you're, you're able to drop those off, uh, you know, you could also come by Wobo Bikes, but uh, I think Paddy Wagon sounds like a better place to do it. <laughs> Go get your drink, uh, meet up with our boy Brian. And uh, you said, you mentioned earlier, um, and uh you had like the certain things you did. You said we do karaoke like on what nights? Uh, at the USF's uh, store, we do karaoke on Wednesday nights. Um, are, are there a lot of standing things like that? Like, oh, on Wednesday nights is this or? Right now it's just the karaoke that we do on Wednesday nights. Um, I'll probably start doing some trivia uh, for the fall the bar at both places. Yeah. 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 Um, but yeah, karaoke is, is it well attended karaoke? It is, you know, we get a lot of uh, I have to step my game up because we get a lot of singers from uh, Bush Gardens from the really over there. So, I we, you know, oh, I coming, just tell man. people just can't be in there just dilly dallying around. You got to know your stuff because these these performers from yeah, uh, Bush Gardens that come yeah. in every week and they they sing and wow, and, you know, they're they're pretty good. So, I love it. I love it. Well, dude, I appreciate you taking the time to do this, man. And I'm I'm really excited that just to get to know you more. Yeah, I appreciate absolutely. like th this for for me. Can't wait to share it with everybody. Um, but uh, yeah, you guys go uh, check them out. Just go go see Brian at Paddy Wagon, uh, whether in Citrus Park or USF. And uh, man, thank you. Yeah, no, man, thank you for having me. I yes, love sir. It. Awesome, Great. dude.